Hey guys, I wanted to give you a bit of a shorter episode today, and that is on the topic of identity. Like, who is your true self? Um, it is something that I love to talk about because I think that when we truly connect to our true self, answers about like what's our purpose in life and direction and vision start to flow from that place. I think a lot of the time, especially with the way that we're wired, is that we go off to college and somehow we know who we are and we know what our purpose is and our direction. But in my experience, I have felt so much purpose and and connection to my uh, future. And I've had clarity around my my future because I'm connected to my true self and I'm learning to show up as my true self. So I think just to kind of pair it back, we all have different sides to us and we're not one dimensional. And I think if you've, you've probably had this feeling when you're about to, you know, start a new job or the first day of school, you have this feeling of like, oh, part of me feels excited, but a part of me feels scared. We actually have different parts of us and it doesn't mean that we're bipolar. It just means that we're actually more nuanced as humans. We're not one-dimensional that think one thing. Um, We're way more nuanced as humans. But I think like, especially when I meet people in my office um, or I talk to a lot of people, we're over-identifying with our mistakes or with our past or um, we're feeling defeated or we're lacking self-belief. And so we've created like, well, this just must be who I am. Like, this is who I am. Like, and there's an element of like settling in that. And I notice even like when we view people, we go, oh, well, that person's nasty. Or we um, sort of label people by their worst moments, which is very human because like that's just what we do until we learn not to do that. And I think that we also define ourselves in those moments that when, when we're most triggered and someone catches us in a weak moment, we can often feel labeled and um, just like that's who we are, too bad, so sad. And it can feel very defeating. And so when we're thinking about our futures and having vision for the future, it can almost feel like such a disconnect because we're not really connected to how we see ourselves or having a clarity around who who we are. And then there's also the pendulum swing of that, like some of us can have such a negative view of self and then other people have an overinflated view of self, like they're perfect and nothing is wrong with them and everyone else is bad. And yes, sometimes it shocks me, but yes, there are people out there that feel that way about themselves. And um, that's kind of like shows like there's a level of lacking of (laughs) self-awareness because what I want to kind of put forward today in today's episode is this idea of your highest self. And I think there would have been a time in my life where I would feel a sense of performance with that kind of question like who's your highest self well I have to show up as her I have to be perfect and I have to be kind and loving and generous and like I want people to perceive me well and I want people to perceive me as kind and thoughtful and and um that would have been like how I would have heard this episode if I was to listen to it maybe like you know eight years ago or whatever um 
but your higher self is your most whole and worthy self. And this higher self is very grounded and very confident and is internally like just really connected to their internal world. And um, they're like my view of people is that no one comes into the earth when they're born like an awful person. I just can't I can't see it that way. Um, and it's usually um, like if someone was born into the world, they usually it's their pain, painful incidents or they have something happen in their childhood or they. Yeah. So pain and shame and programming. So your childhood programming that wires you into this identity. And so I've mentioned in previous episodes that a lot of healing is unbecoming that version of self. And um, I really see like in even in my journey of transformation, I've had different versions of myself. And part of like healing is actually loving all those versions. It's not going oh that version of myself where I was a train wreck and partying and crazy. That version of self, I just can't like, ugh, I'm ashamed of that. Part of healing is like bringing love and understanding of like, and compassion to that part of you. Um, And so, and part of healing is being able to tell cohesive stories about who you are. Um, And that's not to get on Facebook and air out all your most shameful things. It's more just being like connected to that in a way and not abandoning that part of your life. When we're in our triggered self, it's often where we make bad decisions. Like I have to look back and bring forgiveness and compassion to myself when I was in survival mode. I think that when we find ourselves in that place of dog paddling and just getting through and and finding ourselves in that like survival mode place, like we're really just trying to survive. It's really hard to connect with our true self and often we make not the best choices from that place. And so I think what I would hope that you would take away from this moment or listening to this podcast is um, a sense of forgiveness towards yourself where no one makes good choices in survival mode. No one is their best version of self in that place. And it's not your fault that you got yourself into um, that place of survival mode. It's probably actually because that's all you know or that's what you learned. And so um, as coming from someone that has lived a lot of my life in survival mode, like majority of my life in survival mode, um, my heart goes out to you because um, it definitely can be a place where we can stay stuck in because we never feel like we're getting it right. And so I know the way through getting out of survival mode is forgiving yourself and forgiving compassion to yourself and finding that place inside you that is your true self. It's almost like uncovering. And I know I've had moments where I've kind of uncovered or healed from something painful. And then I'm like, oh, there she is. There's Ella. I found her, the true one. There she is, you know? So... Um, I just want to give you that encouragement as well. I think like part of connecting to this higher self is really creating vision for who you want to be, 
who you're drawn to. And um, it's quite an exercise to unpack. And I usually lead people through this in coaching is kind of their homework is to really take stock of like who you're drawn to, what they embody. Yeah, where you come alive, like asking questions like where do you come alive and like what makes you feel most whole and asking questions like that um, to connect to your higher self. Now, your higher self isn't a perfect person. Your higher self is has a deep conviction, an unwavering belief that they're always worthy of love and belonging, even when they make mistakes and they're human. It's like they believe that they are um, lovable. It's a deep core belief. And a lot of addiction and a lot of pain in relationships come from like this deep subconscious belief that I'm not good enough and I'm not lovable. And so your higher self has a deeper connection with self-acceptance. And self-acceptance doesn't mean settling. It's kind of this counterintuitive thing of like, when you can just be honest and loving and accepting of where you're at, it's almost like transformation and growth comes up from that place. So I hope everyone hears me that self-acceptance doesn't mean like, oh my gosh, just accept yourself and go eat burgers and don't do anything with your life. That's actually (laughs) self-hatred. But like self-acceptance is being rid of like delusion and loving yourself in process. I think the, the way that you can tell someone how much they love themselves is how much that you're comfortable inside of process because we're going to be in process forever you know we're, we're actually never going to arrive so being comfortable and loving yourself in process is super important um, being connected to your higher self and then like when you can connect with that higher self I know like I'll give you an example my triggered self makes me freeze. So I don't feel productive when I am triggered. I almost like feel lazy and I feel like um, not good enough, not worthy. And so then I kind of show up in the earth that way when I am feeling those things. But if I can learn to reorientate myself and connect to my higher self, it's less of a striving towards being your higher self. It's more of like a settling back into your higher self, into that safe place with yourself where you love and accept yourself. And um, in that place, you make choices of like, what does high self-worth show up as today? Because low self-worth is like, I'm just lazy and I don't really care about what people think. And like, that's kind of your triggered self. Whereas like, if you connect to your highest self, your highest self is worthy of good things. And so you're going to show up. um, And I I get clients to ask this question of like, did I make high self-worth decisions today? (laughs) How am I executing high self? What does... At what would someone with really high self-worth do? How would they take action and connect with that higher place? And I like to look at this as like once you really connect to this idea of like, oh my gosh, I just went into my triggered self rather than my true self. I need to go find my true self again. Um, and it's less of and it's so funny because the more you connect to your true self, the more you just show up as that person. And um 
Yeah. And so, and the more you'll take action from that place and you'll see more fruit. So even in the idea of taking action, because I love the book Atomic Habits because it talks about really making identity-based decisions and creating systems to support the identity of how you want to be. So seeing yourself as an athlete, seeing yourself as a writer, if you want to write a book, even in taking action, this is how I see it. There is this anxious action, like where we take action from a place of anxiety. There's avoidant action. So even if you're not doing something, it's doing something. It's creating destruction in your life. And then there's aligned action. So from that place of aligned identity, from that place of highest self, um, how are you executing? So with anxious action, it could be if you are a, like, someone who's really good at getting tasks done, but then you find yourself like, why is there no fruit from what I'm doing? And why is this not working? It might be because identity is out of alignment. It could be like, oh, I'm going to, and this is an example of anxious action. So you could have a boss that you're trying to win over and you're trying to prove that you should get a raise and you should be favored. And you're like over, like, sucking up to them like you're trying you're doing all these people pleasing things and trying to be impressive and you're basically like dog paddling to try and get their approval and then you're finding like the the promotion went to someone else that is anxious action that's not aligned action with avoidant action it it's basically you're avoiding doing anything and you're not taking action But in not taking action, action is happening. You are finding yourself more and more in the hole. I can relate to this one. You're kind of like avoiding and like not. And then you feel like shame that you're not doing anything. And so then you feel stuck. And the reason why I'm calling it action is because um, you're always sowing and reaping. You know, and there's always consequences to our lack of action. And I think that, you know, it's like they say that by not making a choice, you're making a choice. It's kind of like by not taking action, you're taking action. You're just not taking like the most aligned action. So aligned action is what is in connection with my um, worthiness. So when you feel worthy and whole, you don't have this need to prove to your boss in a way that goes into overdrive of like performance. I need to hustle to be loved. I need to hustle to be like accepted. That aligned place is really like you have deeply accepted yourself and you really love yourself, but you do recognize like the healthy side of proving in like, yeah, if you have a job, you need to show up on time. Like there's certain things like you need to prove that you are um, being of value to that company. But that is also connected to your highest self, like showing up as, um, yeah, like someone who, who wants to take pride in what they do. And But you're less attached to this need to prove your identity, this need to prove yourself, because that's very ego-driven. It's very ego, self-protecting, 
it's it's from a place of where you don't feel safe, which you can have a lot of compassion for yourself because there's a lot of like wiring that gets you there. And it's a lot of programming, even society, like in society of like why, you know, proving and hustling is like a, you know, a thing that you should be doing. But I think because I've gone through my own work burnout and I've been both these things of anxious action and avoidant action. And um, I think that I've also noticed that the people who feel the most confident in their skin and most um, passionate about what they're doing in life, they actually get promotion. And it's not because they're kissing up for it. It's usually, and sometimes that's so offensive to some people who work so hard, I need to prove myself. And it can be so offensive when someone just waltzes in and they're really comfortable in their own skin and they get the job that you wanted. But that's actually where um, that person is operating in grace and operating in worth. Like they actually have boundaries. High self-worth has boundaries. It's not afraid of missing out because they know like, you know what, like what is mine will find me. And I'm also going to take action and go for what I want. But I'm also um, not in a scarcity mindset, afraid that I'm going to miss out. So I encourage you to really get inspired, dream up and connect with this idea of your higher self. And even if you like look back at pictures where you felt the most happy and the most radiant um, or that evokes like warm emotions, that's when you're like operating in your true self. There's, you know, there's a lot of um, exercises you can do to find that place in you. Um, But I would also look at while you're thinking about what your, your true self is, be thinking about who is your future self? Like where, how do you want to feel about yourself in the future? Not just like what do you want to accomplish? Like how do you want to feel in your lifestyle? And how can you take aligned action towards those things? For like, I think a lot of the time in um, healing, you're going back and bringing love to the parts of yourself in the past. But then there's something really powerful and um empowering in loving your future self like who you want to be like taking action today that's going to love and serve your future self really well um so that's some food for thought so definitely get inspired um it's always good to find a life coach or even a counselor to help you connect with this idea of identity i think that we can read books about it but then it's it's even more helpful when someone actually sits with us and kind of like brings it to the forefront and helps us connect to our true self i've definitely had lots of breakthrough in counseling sessions where i've really connected with my true essence like who i truly am And then you want to like learn to cultivate that in your life and show up as that. And it's not a pain and shame thing. Like when you find yourself like not showing up as that, it's more just you're like, oh, I just need to reorientate myself back to that place and find that place in myself again. So thanks for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. Please feel free to download, subscribe, write a review and share with your friends.